Welcome to Scale with Virtual Assistants, where we explore how to get support from virtual assistants so that you can grow your business and have a life. I'm very excited today to be joined by Amber Allen. She supports people with media. She's got her own podcast. She knows a lot of stuff. And I'm really excited to have you here, Amber. Excellent. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So, Amber, you have been working with Monique, your virtual assistant, for a couple of months now. Um, Do you want to share with me where your business was at when you decided to get support from a virtual assistant? So my company, Bespoke Co, has actually been in operation for about 15 years in various formats. So I was at the point at the beginning of this year where I knew I had so many different channels to my business. Like you mentioned, I have a podcast, I have a podcast course, I run media training online and real life PR clients. And then I've got my own sort of, I guess, personal blog and brand and things. And I realized I needed someone who can really help me do some of the more day-to-day tasks on a far more regular basis than, you know, just outsourcing it here and there. So I have a fairly lean team. I'm a micro business of five people, but certainly everyone in the business has a specific role. And I really wanted someone who's a bit more of a generalist, who was really organized, who could really take it to the next level. Yeah. And I love how you're saying that like you knew what you're after. You're after a generalist because a lot of people come saying, oh, I want a specialist in a certain thing. But most people, what they need to start with is a generalist. So you're already um, on board with that. And, and so what sort of things does Monique do for your business? A range of tasks. And I think we found different tasks at different points. So in the beginning, it was like really kind of the the traditional admin tasks, setting up my inbox properly, having rules around that. I think I had 20,000 emails when she started sitting in my inbox. Apparently that's quite common, but that, you know, fills fills me with shame even talking about it. Um, And that's just because I don't have time to put it into like folders and clear it out and unsubscribe. So a lot of her tasks were things like unsubscribing from newsletters that I no longer need anymore Um, or just being able to categorize things so that was one of the big big meaty tasks and then there were things like better organization of my dropbox setting up i guess some sort of system within that as well and merging i guess older folders new folders um, past companies things like that just making sure that we all had a central source of truth that was the baseline and from there i guess we've refined the task to a much more regular cycle of you know weekly briefings and and things which don't always happen every week but there are some things which do such as my podcast and helping me do some social media for that so it sounds like at the start it was more like working through a backlog of like 20,000 emails and filing things and making it all neat and then once and once you got that under wraps uh, the email management didn't take as long and the other things didn't take as long so you could layer on additional tasks that's correct and I look I was like mindful in the beginning and it was great to have, I guess, your your organisation support as well, that we had much more regular catch-ups in that first month just to make sure the tasks were clear, that I was sort of across, you know, any questions in a timely fashion so things didn't build up just for a weekly chat. Like I think, for example, we've set up a WhatsApp group, just me and Monique, so that there's instant quick questions that don't require me to be on my email or I can be out and about and doing other things and actually she can get a really quick answer and she's not waiting because she only works with me part-time. Her four hours a day means that she's got to sort of pack it all into the beginning of the day. 
Yeah, that, that makes sense. And yeah, there are some things where, you know, your team can send through a quick message. You can give a thumbs up or whatever your code is. To go yeah, that she's like, is this okay? Or I've decided to go with this social media tile for your, you know, inspirational quote. So, you know, I've also, you know, as I've got to know Monique, and I think it's really important getting to know um, what people like to do as well. And, and part of the reason I hired Monique was because she definitely had an interest and aptitude for social media. So even though I'm sort of the strategist, she'll kind of really love to take to task to the next level things like doing some audio reels and and so forth for my podcast and that happens every week and I think for her that also means the work remains quite interesting you know alongside the other day-to-day tasks which we all need to do in our business which are not always so exciting and glamorous. Yeah that's great and with the um like with the quick the messages I find that nine out of ten times I can just go yep good um yeah go forward and then one out of ten times I might go just hold we need to have a discussion yeah or I'll just yeah exactly I'll say can we can we park that for our weekly Monday yeah. catch-up because yeah. that's a big decision like particularly you know if we're doing things like you know looking at other better tools to monitor our social media results for clients and things like often there's you know obviously a financial cost in that so rather than signing up for 10 free apps and then having you know all of them have to kind of be you know curated let's just have a little chat about what you think what I think and, and I guess can you do a bit of more research so sometimes there are breather tasks I call them and there are really instant things which you know should let me know um because we've got a rules in my inbox now oh look there's an urgent message from one of your clients um yeah. just want to let you know so that's great too because often I'm not sitting on my email all day yeah, that's really good to know. And so, you know, you described what your business was like when you started. You got a lot of things on the go. I'm sure you still got a lot of things on the go. But what impact has having Monique's support had on your business? I think it just is that headspace freedom to go, I know that I can be in one-on-one media training with a client and things are happening in parallel which need to happen like every Wednesday when my weekly podcast drops, the politics of everything, she knows that she then grabs some audio from the reel that I've kind of pre-listened to and she's putting that up so that it's coming out in a really regular way and it's not another thing that I have to think about doing in between four other major things. So I think it's the fact that it feels like your business can hum along and kind of be in a good space once you set up those systems and you kind of have a rhythm of, of what the week is going to look like. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I find that whenever I get a little bit of headspace, I come up with my next new idea. Yeah, that's the thing. So and look, you know, things like diary management, I tend to do a bit more of that because it's a, I'm a micro business and I things happen and I've got, you know, young children and so forth. Like sometimes I need to just block out time um, which she may not be aware of, but I'll let her know that you know, I'm unavailable for three hours. I'm at my kid's uh, sporting event or whatever it might be. So we have that kind of transparency as well, but it also just lets her know why is that time blocked out, particularly if she's trying to book things in with clients and so forth. Yeah, definitely makes sense. And I know communication is a passion of yours. You help um, your clients with it. And you've already mentioned one of your communication tools with Monique, which is the WhatsApp. Um, But share with me about how you communicate with Monique, because that's one of the questions a lot of business owners thinking about virtual assistants ask, like, how do you communicate with a VA? I think having that regular cadence. So for us, it's a Monday Zoom. I have all my whips with all my clients and my staff on a Monday. So it makes sense that you start the week that way. Of course, things happen and sometimes it gets moved to a Tuesday because, you know, I'm unavailable or maybe my VA might be taking leave that day. So we just make sure we have a half an hour set aside. We might not even need that time, but it also allows for a little bit of chat. And that's kind of, I guess, the high touch point. And then throughout the week, like you say, the WhatsApp, 
emailing, um, you know, we might even share like something like a little joke or something if there's something that comes up that we, you know, might be unusual that we see on a feed and we just go, oh, that's interesting. And so I think it's about having um, various ways to communicate. But I think that the risk is that, yeah, you get too settled and you don't catch up in that way but I think if it's in the diary I've set them up for the next six months every Monday that's what we're doing um and of course you know things happen and you move it but generally speaking we know to come to that meeting with questions I come with tasks and also updates on where we're at yeah fantastic I also have my meetings on a Monday and I find it helpful to know that you know when when you do get that larger question on a Wednesday come through and it's not a quick answer you can just go let's talk about it on Monday exactly or you might decide to have you know a zoom you know, in the middle of the week. But generally speaking, we don't need to do that because we've got into this rhythm because we brief- my briefing was really clear, hopefully, in the beginning. Um, and so there, we kind of know what the week is going to look like. And she has access to my diary, my inbox, so there's nothing really that she wouldn't be seeing to know what's happening at any one time. And does Monique interact with uh, other team members in your team? Not at the moment, just because we all work remotely, including Monique. So, you know, my designer is actually in the Ukraine and I've got team members in Melbourne and uh, regional New South Wales. So really the business doesn't intersect in that way. I tend to be the briefer and the strategist and then people go and do what they need to do. However, sometimes I share with Monique, particularly because she's saving these items to Dropbox, you know, my designer's done this great slide deck, let's save this template for the future. And then she can hopefully just look at that stuff and have a better understanding of my brand and and the business because she's getting access to all those um, bits of collateral that we're developing as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, Amber, what have you learned about yourself working with a virtual assistant? I think I've learned that it takes a bit of work to get it all happening. So don't think you can set and forget. And maybe that was probably my roadblock as well to originally doing it. I don't have time to even brief anybody, which is you know, the conundrum of anyone who's really busy and, and has a lot on the go. And I had had an experience where I'd hired an assistant in the past and that hadn't worked and that's for different different reasons. But I think the fact that we have such a, um, I guess, firm understanding of her availability is really good. That's what I would definitely say to people. I love the fact it's 9 to 1 or 8 to 12 for me um, that she's available rather than saying, oh, you can do 20 hours a week any time in the week. I think that would make it harder for me to have, you know, an idea of, oh, are you available or are you not? So I think her sort of stability allows my flexibility is how I'd put it. Yeah, that's a really good point because I, I say to virtual assistants, you know, certainty is one of the most important things for a business owner. We can deal with almost anything Yeah, we just need to know. Yeah, and so if you are, and look, you know, we're just sometimes the internet goes down or things yeah. happen or I say, oh, my goodness, we were meant to catch up and I've got this client crisis. Um, do you have enough to get on with? And so she'll just let me know what she's working on as well because sometimes I'm aware I'm a smaller business and I think some of the VAs that you probably work with, you know, I, I interviewed a few and they were like, oh, you know, I was dealing with like 400 emails a day. That is not my business. You know, it's not that kind of volume. So I need to make sure that there's enough for her to do because she is very efficient and quick but also takes a lot of pride in her work. So it's onus on you to also make sure if people say oh it hasn't worked or I haven't got value it's because you haven't probably given them the right level of tasks and you never know how long something's going to take someone I always say in the beginning it's going to take longer and then they get quicker at it 
Yeah, for sure. And you said, um, you know, one of your roadblocks to getting virtual assistant was the idea that it was going to take some time and energy for it to work, which is hands down completely true. I'm sure it's <laughs> quite a bit of time and energy that, you know, get it ticking along. Do not describe to people like how much time and energy does it take? What was it like in the first couple of weeks? I think the first couple of weeks, it probably, I would say for every hour of kind of briefing, we might only get an hour of work done. Does that make sense? Whereas now I feel like it's exponential. So if we had that half hour Monday whip, that kind of sets her up for the entire 20 hours of the week, you know, bar a few questions here and there throughout, which we expect anyway. And I want and I want Monique to ask me questions. I don't want to sit there kind of second guessing or feeling uncertain. So I've really made it clear that I am happy. I'd rather you ask the question or check then just assume. And then of course, you know, I'll give you feedback. So I think you've really got to allow, I think an extra few hours on top of the time you've got to actually brief people in those first few weeks and, and work out whether your relationship, how it's going to work. I can imagine, I don't have anything to compare it to with a VA, but um, I could imagine, you know, sometimes even the cultural barriers and the differences could make it challenging sometimes um, because people might not want to ask questions. And I have worked, I've worked in Asia, for example, so I do know that's a cultural thing. So feeling like, you know, you can ask me questions and remind them that they can do that is really important. So, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be upset if you ask me a question. I'll be more upset if the task goes out and it's not correctly done and we have to redo it or the client's seen it and it's not right. So um, I think it's just setting up those expectations and having really open conversations because at the end of the day, you know, you want to make sure the relationship's good and then the work can follow. Yeah. And the asking questions is a big one. Uh, And like you said, you setting that expectation from your side, in all our orientation, we set that expectation. And sometimes what happens in the background is that sometimes the virtual assistants go to Jong and Sheila, our love team, and go, is this how I ask this business owner this question or how would I say this? And so they help them sometimes with the words if they're a bit unsure. And so, you know, that small intervention can make a big difference. Absolutely. And early on, so I think... You know, things happen, obviously, you know, as you as you load. And also the other thing I would say is don't give them too much too soon or give them one big task. The inbox thing, A, it was my big thing that had to be dealt with, eat, eat the sort of elephant kind of thing, one bite at a time. But it was also the thing that I knew that she could go on with without having to come back to me and ask me lots of questions um, once we had the rules set up and we'd had a discussion about how the inbox should look in the ideal world. Yeah. And you went into um, working with a virtual assistant in a really considered way, which is probably why you've had so much success. But what do you think is your secret to success with working with Monique? It's interesting because um, Monique wasn't probably the candidate that uh, your team members would think, sort of said was the the number one choice for me. It was someone who was far more detail orientated per se and had, had more experience, but I loved her interest in social media and comms. And I sort of feel like that for me was what I thought was going to make us work long-term rather than just looking at, oh, I've got all this admin because once that's done, like you say, like that's really kind of streamlined now and it doesn't require that level of, you know, 100 emails a day to clients and things like that. So I think the success is in sometimes just trust, trusting your gut when you meet someone and actually, um, yeah, just saying well, actually what I need long-term or medium-term is this rather than what do I just need today. Mm, yeah, and I love how you were uh, you, you future-proofing the role in your choice of candidates. So yeah. 
Absolutely. Down to chemistry as well. Like just because someone looks great on paper and has all the experience doesn't mean that they're the best fit for you. So absolutely. Yeah. And and just worried that, yeah, sometimes that they wouldn't they come into the business and it just would not be as you know, admin focused as they'd be used to. And so I need someone who is a little bit more dynamic in their skill set. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what advice do you have for business owners who are thinking about getting a virtual assistant? Look, I think you should definitely make sure you know what you want them to do and also get, you know, a list of candidates like you do and then brief them and have that have that initial kind of interview process and consider the questions you're going to ask because but remember people in interviews are always, you know, going to tell you what you know you want to hear. So sometimes it's good just to go away and have a little think about it, but then as I said, make sure you've got enough time to dedicate to briefing them, but then know that snowball effect of efficiency comes because you've done all that groundwork. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, I just love that. And so, um, you know, as we've said, you help people with a range of things, um, support them to present themselves in the media, uh, support people to start podcasts and hope of things. If, if someone's interested in learning a bit more about what you do, where's the best place for them to find I'm a one-stop shop brand, believe it or not, Carmen. So it's Amber Danes, A-M-B-E-R-D-A-I-N-E-S.com, and that's everything in that one place. Fantastic. And uh, Amber, do you have any final words to leave people with? I think getting a VA is a fantastic investment, whether you're in a startup mode or like me, an established business. And really, you can't lose because there is always the option to kind of switch it up, to change, you know, the role a little bit as time goes on. But you'll never know unless you give it a go. Well said. You'll never know unless you give it a go. I love it. Thank you very much, Amber. Thank you.